Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. Hope you're having a beautiful Friday morning and better than our morning so far. I am here with my two lovely ladies, the Sharp Edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. What's happening, girls? Hey there. Glad to be here, finally. <laughs> we, we are 40 minutes lovely. later, we got her in. We are being yeah. tested by the gods at this point in our lives. I'll tell you that much. It's, um, it's a struggle to get these things out at the moment. And not because of us, just because of technical issues and weird things that are happening. It's, um, yeah, it's weird. It's weird, man. Very weird, man. Yeah, I know. Um, so <laughs> we're, we're, this one's going to be a little bit shorter, as usual. While we're in this process, um, for 40, 45 minutes, while we're dealing with all these things, um, I do just want to do a quick shout out straight away to Sandra, who is one of our supporters of Hivemind and Digit. I've been having so much computer problems the last week, and I have kept it a little bit under the rug. Um, I'll be trying to fix it on and off. Um, Sandra sent through uh, PayPal just then, which is like kind of made me tear up a little bit. It's absolutely amazing, and we all absolutely love you here. Um, we love you, Sandra. I cannot yes, thank you thank enough you. for that because it completely solves my problems. Uh, now I just need to find a way to break out of this lockdown to get some computer parts. Because <laughs> but... you guys just went into seven day lockdown again over what, 15 cases? Yep, we're back in 12. Yeah, no, crazy. It's, gone, it's gone up now. Oh, okay. Um, yes, yeah, uh, pandemic again. That's where <laughs> we're at. Um, <laughs> but today we're going to talk about Corey's new article, which is the USDA hitting food supply chains with cattle surveillance. Uh, we're going to talk about the Wuhan lab leak theory, the lo- which is gaining momentum now. Um, what were you going to say, Corey? Sorry. I was just going to say in the other part of that title was on a level four animal disease laboratory. Ooh, okay. Because um, it's all connect. This, yeah. Well, we know you're, a, you're the mistress of connections. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the Florida big tech bill, which is really important, which is a really, really good start where we're up to now with combating big tech. And it's good to see actually these things happening because it's been years without these people being challenged. So it's really, really great to see that. Uh, Biden and Fauci collab with YouTubers, uh, which is their attempt to reach the generation that they have indoctrinated, which is the Gen Z generation, uh, which some people are buying and eating it up. Uh, We'll talk about the Victorian lockdown. Like I said before, um, I'll just go over it briefly, but it's... It's sus and it's pathetic, and here we are again. Uh, and just to finish it off, we're going to talk about John Cena, the famous wrestler, actor, a person that always kind of came across as very American. He's done, you know, photo shoots, saluting with the American flag, and a person that we all uh, kind of look at and go, oh yeah, okay, he's he's the your typical stereotype of a strong man, absolutely simping pathetically getting on his knees for China uh, in in a situation that has turned both sides against him. So uh, what are we going to get in first? And we're going to somehow cram this into 40 minutes. Okay. <laughs> I, could, I could spend 40 <laughs> minutes on my report alone, but I'll try to talk as fast as I can. We can, but before, we're going to Before all of our technology implodes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're winging, we're winging. This is what we signed up for when we decided to do a podcast, girls. So we have to deal with it. Okay? 
Ah, uh, all right. So I know a lot of people have are you know now familiar with this laboratory, animal disease laboratory, going up in Manhattan, Kansas, right at Kansas State University there. Um, but <clears throat> there's another aspect happening that that in my opinion connects and um both plan on having these launched by 2023 coincidentally so uh, the whole ugh, these people all right so the usda i start out with getting into the whole microchipping in the rfid chips because what they're doing is they are pushing for total surveillance of cattle now with these rfids and you know, it's more that now it's not, chip, it's like a, well, it is chip, but it goes in an ear tag. So it would replace the, you know, ear tags that have been used for decades. Um, <clears throat> so, sorry, I literally just wrote the last two paragraphs of this and published it five minutes before we started our podcast. So my brain still scrambled. So, you know, this started out in the 80s with microchipping our cats and dogs, you know, which it sounded like a great idea, right? Like if they get lost, people can track them down, bring them into a vet, they scan it, boom. Right. It was so innocent until it wasn't. So we know their grand plan. And when the World Economic Forum's involved in this whole traceability thing, you, you, you start to see the bigger picture. So what happened is they started pushing for this and the USDA, I'm not going to read the, like the whole beginning section. You guys can read that. It kind of gives just like a quick brief history on, on the chips and the FDA's approval of, of, uh, (laughs) of the uh, implantable, RFID chip to access medical records. This is in humans. There's actually, I found a report from 2006 called the use of RFID for human identity verification. So anyway, we get down to um, where the USDA and APIS decide, okay, they're going to start, they're going to start buying these up and awarding contracts. And they bought up um, back in, gosh, I think it was 2007. If you scroll back up just under the cow picture, I'm up on that section there. And they bought up 8 million RFID chips to cattle and bison producers and awarded three contracts. And they do exactly like they're doing with the whole vaccine. Oh, we're going to give them to you for free. You know, this is, this is all for free. We just need to get you to get these on your cattle. So they start pushing this and they start saying they're going to make it mandatory and then they get a lot of pushback. So they have to kind of retract that. And APIS releases a statement saying, well, you know, we're still, this is still our ultimate goal, but for now we're going to, we're going to take a step back and we're going to revisit this, but we highly encourage, I mean, it all sounds so familiar, right? Mm -hmm. We highly encourage that you let us track them and you. So what happened then is on March 23rd of this year, the USDA announced its intent to pursue rulemaking on RFID use and animal disease traceability by 2023. And there's a Billings, Montana cattlemen's group known as RCAF, 
And they're represented by a legal nonprofit, New Civil Liberties Alliance. And they're fighting them in a federal court in Wyoming on this. So what's happening is they're saying that this case comes down to whether the U.S. Department of Agriculture and its sub-agency, the Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, collectively the USDA, either established or utilized two advisory committees within the mean the meaning of the Federal Advisory Committee Act, which is FACA, and that they failed to comply with the statutory requirements of the Federal Advisory Committee Act. So this is just going to sound so familiar. You know how we have all these, these little task force and coalitions out there on the whole tracing for COVID? Kind of reminds you of that. So what they say is, that these two advisory committees, the Cattle Traceability Working Group was formed in 2017 with the intention of transitioning to mandatory RFIDs that would be further achieved by creating an industry-led task force to provide technical advice and support. Same, you know, same, same game, mm-hmm. they always play. So the other advisory committee in question is called the Producer Traceability Council which consists of only pro RFID individuals. And they were established in the spring of 2019 after the other one, the other committee pretty much dissolved because there were people disagreeing with, you know, doing the forced RFID and they weren't going to have that. So Joe Leathers, manager of the 6666 ranch in Texas and Adami, with Equity Cooperative Livestock Sales Association are the Producer Traceability Council's co-chairs. So the NCLA, wow. right? I know, it's, it's stuff just gets crazy, I tell you. So, so the New Civil Liberties Alliance, the ones you know battling this in court um, for RCAF, they, they insist that these two committees are um, federal advisory committees covered by FACA and the USDA failed to comply with procedures required, imagine that, by FACA for those committees. So the USDA established the committees without first filing a charter, failing to abide by FACA's meeting public access, disclosure and balanced representation requirements. So they're using these little advisory committees to help push you know, other ranchers and everyone to get on board with this. And may, mm-hmm. and and then APIS is taking their input and actually using this kind of like how, you know, they use, they, Bill Gates goes to Harvard and says, hey, draft this up for me so we can use it as evidence of why we need this grant so we can go, you know, right, do something poisonous and terrible to people here in another country. Yeah, kind of like that. So they also, um, contend that the USDA was in violation of the 2013 final rule, which the rule was issued to confirm that cattle and bison, cattle confirming that cattle and bison produces, producers need not use RFID ear tags and could instead use brands, tattoos, metal ear tags, group identification numbers, or back tags. So they're now reversing this. And here's the other interesting thing. 
<clears throat> and this is the key to this. So RCAF says that there is a hidden mandate in the APIS proposal requiring cattlemen to register their premises and obtain premise ID numbers. Hmm. Current regulations do not require a producer to register his or her premises as a prerequisite to shipping cattle interstate, but the proposal to mandate RFID does. Surprise, surprise. So the World Economic Forum, I won't go into this, but bottom line, you can look at their January 2019 report called Improving Traceability and Food Value Change Through Technology Innovations in their 33-page report on the Great Reset that was in collaboration with McKinsey and Company. <laughs> it's just, I'm sorry, it's just comical you, when you know all these people involved. So, I mean, they're, they're heavy, heavy, heavy into this and they're pushing this. And I wish I could have put the little great reset charts in here on the uh, future of food and agricultural inclusivity, but I did link to them. I just, I can't use them because of copyright issues, but it, it's quite a visual. So then we get to the level for biosafety animal disease research center coming to Kansas, which coincidentally when they were running these RFID pilot programs, they chose three states to run them in. Kansas was one of them. I find that interesting. So, so the USDA, and I've got tons of links in here, so everyone can go in and read more in depth about this bio lab. I won't get into it too much, but, and I know a lot of people, this has been going around, so a lot of people are aware of this now. This has been talked about and on the table for a long time. I mean, they were chosen, Kansas was chosen back in 2008 between six potential locations. But the funny thing is, is the Government Accountability Office conducted a study back then finding that DHS has neither conducted nor commissioned any study to determine whether work on foot and mouth disease can be done safely on the U.S. mainland. And, and it goes on and on, and you can, you can read that. So they were actually against this, saying how dangerous this is. I mean, you're talking some serious, heavy-duty diseases that they study, and they're putting this right in the middle of the meat belt. And what I find interesting is um, there was a study done. One of the things that I haven't seen talked about is the, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Rinderpest. It's like the cattle plague. So there's this Dr. Hamilton who formerly worked for OIE, which is the World Organization for Animal Health, who also worked for the UK government, by the way. So he had conducted this study in... 2015 this was this was published i believe it was like december 2015 two months after he took on a new position over in kansas where this is being built and it's the um sorry i'm trying to look up what his title was i couldn't remember so just it was a newly created position at kansas state university as the new executive director for international programs, which includes global health security agendas and biological threat reduction. So <clears throat> that was in October, 2015. In December, 2015, so he'd obviously been working on this when he was with the OIE. 
releases this with, I believe it was two other authors, a study saying that there are currently 27 institutions holding on to the live virus known as cattle plague, Rinderpress. The last known uh, case occurred in Kenya in 2001 and it was declared eradicated in 2011. They say that the virus is stored in too many locations and there's, I mean, this is like a really, really, really bad virus you don't want getting out. In too many locations, there's a risk that someone could accidentally release it or even do so on purpose. So they recommend that only five research facilities maintain these samples and everyone else needs to get rid of them. And where does he want this one going? To the, at the time in 2015 said the Plum Island Animal Disease Center, which is the one moving to Kansas. So that's a little alarming as well. Yeah. How else yeah. do you control the world's food supply? Well, if there was an outbreak. I know. And then, you know, Kansas, I mean, they're big in cattle. They're number three in the top 10 states with the most cattle. They're number, they rank number three. And in, uh, well, that was, that was in 2018. They ranked number three. So in 2021, um, as far as the most beef cows, which account for roughly the top 10 states account for roughly 59% of the inventory in the US, uh, Kansas ranks number six there. So, I mean, you know, the USDA sits and says, protecting the nation's food supply and public health. But are they really? Are they really? And in 2018, the USDA put out, you guys are going to love this. The USDA and the National Institute of Food and Agriculture released their competitive grants announcement. One of the priority program areas is technologies and scientific advancements of interest include, but are not limited to gene editing, gene drives, the analysis of big data, and tools and approaches for collecting big data from agricultural producers, agricultural nanotechnology, and unconventional sources of protein, e.g. lab-grown meat. They go on to say technologies such as gene drives and genome editing, big data nanotechnology, and lab-grown meat have tremendous capability in shaping the future of agriculture requiring the scientific community to develop effective means of communicating and engaging with the public. So are they protecting our nation's food supply and public health? Hmm. I don't think so. I don't think so. Nah. so I'm going to follow this case and see where this, see where this leads. Um, yeah. But, a lot of similarities and things that seem very familiar. It's almost right? like a beta test, but um yeah i mean i i know they actually consider us to be like cattle but this is mm -hmm. just on a more literal sense <laughs> right they want they want every last thing tracked and surveilled on this planet down to a morsel of dirt i'm telling you what yeah yep, every they do. last thing scary man <sighs> yeah it sure is I know. And they want, so they want both the, the labs supposed to be up and running by 2023. Oh, and the other one, just last interesting note is when it was on Plum Island, it was, um, it was overseen by uh, Homeland Security. This one, now that it's being moved, is going to be 
owned, managed, and operated by the USDA. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Keep an eye on that because I feel like we have two parallel things going on here. With the, what's going right. on with the cattle and what's going on with the humans and a lot of, a lot of similarities. There. The sheep and the cattle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Speaking of lab leaks. Oh boy. <laughs> Good well, segue, Edge. Yeah. This story of the Wuhan lab leak theory is blowing up. And it's now to the point where even the fake news and dirty politicians can't ignore it. We know that Trump's State Department under Pompeo had strong evidence pointing to the Wuhan lab leak early on. And now we know three doctors from that lab were hospitalized before the outbreak was even acknowledged publicly by the Chinese. Mm-hmm. And we know from internal documents, the Chinese were actually working on coronavirus bioweapons as a core weapon for victory in World War III as early as 2015. And we know Fauci's NIH gave grants through EcoHealth Alliance to that Wuhan lab where they were working on gain-of-function research. Our listeners all know this and have known about this for a long time now. But what's remarkable is that the corrupt media and politicians who are in China's pocket, by the way, are now having to admit it. Even Fauci has had to pivot on this issue from straight up denial to now saying that the lab leak is possible and his justifying and defending his grant to the Wuhan lab, saying it was a modest collaboration. Here's what he said this week. (laughs) He said, it would have been almost a dereliction of duty if we didn't study this. And the only way you can study these things is if you go to where the action is. So we had a modest collaboration with very respectable Chinese scientists who were world experts on coronavirus. And we did that through a subgrant from a larger grant to EcoHealth. The fact that Fauci is actually talking about this mm-hmm. and spending it tells you something. He's mm-hmm. in a world of trouble right now. And as Rand Paul put it, I think I have, if you go to that Gab tab uh, speaker, I have Rand Paul here. And we don't have to play it. I'll just summarize. But the way he said it is that the tide is turning. The dam is about to burst. And I think one reason Dr. Fauci is so sensitive about this subject is he's not going to be able to escape that the NIH gave this lab money. If it turns out that it came from the lab and we know it was funded by the NIH, this is a bad day for Fauci. Mm -hmm. So meanwhile... Also this week, what came out is that the Biden administration, Biden himself, who's also in China's pocket, as we know, he shut down the probe into the Wuhan lab leak that was started by the Trump administration. Say it isn't so. Yeah, to which (laughs) it was so politically toxic that now Biden has asked his deep state buddies in the intel community to come up with a report on the origins of the virus. And they're going to redouble their efforts on the matter. And these are the same kind of people who brought us Russiagate. So I'm sure this is going to be just all on the up and up, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
and, uh, and Facebook God. also decided to uh, lift the restrictions on people posting, uh, saying that the virus was uh, made in a lab and that this theory is a possibility. Now, now you're free to talk about it on Facebook, you know. Before right. people deplatformed for it, and we certainly got strikes for it. I wonder if YouTube is going to take that back now. Right. Probably not, but. And it looks like Rand Paul was right. The tide is turning. In fact, Rand Paul's amendment this week, if you go over to the Twitter tab right next to this one. Yeah, there you go. This week, uh, Rand Paul's amendment to ban all funding of gain of function research in China, which should have been banned anyways already but anyways this amendment passed overwhelmingly with support and applause in the senate but this thing is becoming so politically toxic for them now they're gonna have to find a scapegoat to take all the blame even though we know there are many many players involved here and I'm wondering if that scapegoat will be their messiah, Dr. Fauci. I mean, if I were Fauci right now, I'd be really, really worried. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's hope something happens. But we know how this, uh, this thing normally plays out. We know they protect their own. Uh, and we know they work with uh, more public scrutiny than legal scrutiny. So you get enough people to turn against Fauci in public, they'll they'll sacrifice him. Yeah, and and here's the thing. I I see Republicans calling for him to be fired. I mean, I I think that where where my head's at and many people um, like me, we'd love to see, you know, charges for crimes against humanity at this point. But um, well, his, 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 they've achieved, he's achieved his duties, his goals. So at this point in the game, you know, he could easily be cut loose. Yeah. Is my point. Well, this is what we say all kinda the time. Kind of like Burke. Yep, exactly. Kind of like, like the whole cover story on the Thanksgiving family deal with Burke's while her jobs and responsibilities were done. So cut her, you know? Right, right. Bezos Bezos divorce you know I mean they just it's all uh it's theater it's a lot of theater sorry it is a lot of theater absolutely it is and I think that it's it's quite possible that we could see in the near future Fauci being removed from his position will there be charges I, I doubt it I don't have faith in our system at that to that degree but I, I can see them trying to save face and scapegoating Fauci and firing him oh yeah, that would yeah I mean that would be nice lambs are sacrificial lambs you know? yep yep they'll do anything to protect their hierarchy yep they sure will they will mm. so you guys want to talk about the Florida big tech bill or what else do you want to go on to we can go into this all right you're updating me. I've been buried in this report, so give me the news. Yeah, bro. yeah. So this this is good. This this week, Governor DeSantis he signed a big tech bill to allow Florida citizens to sue big tech for censoring and deplatforming them. This is a big move in the right direction towards holding big tech accountable. And DeSantis said that Florida is paving the way, but there's other states following suit. 
And what's funny about this presser that DeSantis held this week is, number one, he did mention specifically how big tech censored and deplatformed accounts that raised questions about the origin of the virus coming from the Wuhan lab. And now we know there's a lot of evidence for that. So now that there's some way of holding big tech accountable, oh, all of a sudden Facebook just announced that they're no longer banning posts about COVID-19 being man-made or manufactured. It's funny how that works, right? Interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, it always comes around that, you know, maybe we're not as crazy as a lot of people that don't watch us think we are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, We keep getting proven right, but... What's also great about this presser is that DeSantis, um, he was asked by a journalist who was trying to trap him in a gotcha sort of moment. Um, He was asked if the bill was just created for his buddy and his ally, Trump. And um, DeSantis' response was perfect. He basically just said that as a resident of Florida, he's protected under the bill in the same way as everyone else. But he continued by saying, when you deplatform the president of the United States, but yet you let Ayatollah Khomeini talk about killing Jews. That is wrong. To which there was a thunderous <laughs> applause and people were like standing ovation for that moment. And the journalist was just like oh, shrunk in her seat. <laughs> but, <laughs> but another tidbit to mention, and you can see it here, clearly James O'Keefe is standing there in the background next to DeSantis. Yeah. And that same day, <laughs> Project Veritas released new whistleblower leaked Facebook documents showing Facebook's attempt to censor comments that specifically relate to the jab and hesitancy by the public to get the jab. So in the same week that we have the Florida holding big tech accountable for censorship, we have more evidence released of that censorship by Facebook. And we even have some admission and backpedaling by Facebook about censoring topics relating to COVID. So, like I said, all of this is pointing in the same direction that the tide is turning, public perception is changing, and we're winning the narrative, despite all their attempts to silence and suppress. And I think that's a good thing, because it's all about public perception. Right? Yeah. What do you guys think? I'm just curious. I was looking up last night and the New York, New York Times put this little uh, oh interactive map where you can go in and look at your county and see how many people have been vaccinated. And they are saying that I think it was 160 or 165 million have gotten the first jab. And of those like 130 million have already gotten both or, or you know, like the Johnson and Johnson one. So they're complete. I just, I don't know. I'm wondering what you guys think. I, I feel like it's being exaggerated that not that many people actually have because they are trying to get more people to do it. And they're putting tons of money towards doing this crap too for, you know, advertising as far as that goes. But I'm just wondering what you guys think. I mean, I'm, I'm actually stunned. I've in my area, I know there are a fair amount of people who have gotten it. Um, but then I hear other people say they don't know anyone who has in their area. And, you know, so what do you guys think of that number? That's a lot of people. Well, here's what I think is that they've been manipulating numbers with regards to cases and deaths. Yeah. Why wouldn't they manipulate numbers on this? Mm -hmm. Um, So I have a general distrust of numbers that are put out, official (laughs) numbers that are put out. Right. 
that's where I, my head is at. Um, anecdotally, I'd say, yeah, I know some people, but I also know a lot of people who haven't. And so um, I think the vaccine hesitancy thing that they're worried about is real. And I right. think evidence for that is the fact that we have, you know, Fauci and Biden on doing YouTube collabs. Um <laughs> Right, in order and there's to, like do PR campaigns. I know. Why are we spending millions and millions on these campaigns if so many people are eagerly stepping in line for it? That's the part that doesn't add up. And they're saying they want you know seventy to ninety percent um, for herd immunity. And so their little chart showed that by sometime in August they anticipate seventy percent, and by November first ninety percent. Yeah, and and. When, when you have someone like Fauci, who's in the hot seat right now, being called out for flip-flopping, lying, covering up, right. um, that leads the public to have a general distrust. And so I can oh, see yeah. why they would want Fauci out now, because like everybody's getting sour on Fauci, and it's like, oh, we still need to push these jabs. So, but, so here's... <laughs> here's Here's Fauci and Biden doing YouTube collabs. Oh God! Gen Zers on board <laughs> with the jab. Yeah, but and I didn't see this one. Yes, they're going around the YouTube channels at the moment. Yes, this one right here is Manny, and Manny is a boy beauty vlogger with 4.86 million followers. Wow. Yes. Um, but yeah, so this, this interview that they did was so low information, extremely cringeworthy to promote the jab for young people, including children. Um, the video got 294,000-ish views. Ooh, it's up to 297 now. But what's <laughs> funny is every time I check, these numbers of likes and dislikes haven't moved. So I think those are being suppressed. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. sure. Well, well th this is quite big on a channel like this because we know uh, most of the people that follow these channels are highly indoctrinated or very, very young. So very, right. very malleable. Um, so to see that on a channel like this is a little bit surprising in a good way. But here's, here's the thing uh, with, these, with these people going on uh, these channels. It also works. Mm -hmm. These YouTube channels are big. There is a lot of creators out there. And I, I said this before the election as well. When you had AOC uh, jumping on the Twitch community, playing with gamers, uh, some of these gamers that, I mean, I think she collaborated with like 10 of them or 11 of them, each of them carrying at least five to six million subs each on their wow. channels. It works. Right. I mean, they get more right. they get more views than mainstream media right now. Right. But if you scroll down to the comments, this is what's funny. This will give you an actual gauge. They're hilarious. And it shows you where people's heads are at. Poor kids are just as smart as white kids, Joe Biden. Modern American culture has gone insane. Um, you can't go into a 7-Eleven unless you have an Indian accent, Joe Biden. The largest mind control experiment in the history of mankind. See, it goes on and on and on. Right. And so when you see the comments, 
and you compare the downvote comments versus yes exactly (laughs) then you get the real gauge of where everybody's heads at on videos like this because i think that pretty much everything else is manipulated but those comments are real it's like when you go into twitter like every now and then i'll go in and i'll scour the world economic forum and almost every time the majority of the comments are just totally negative towards them. Yeah, but say so, say so here's here's the here's the big community because this is verified. She's probably got a couple of million subs as well, and they help push uh-huh. it. Uh Right. So incredible. Right. Thank you so much. Right, but that's like one in twenty. Well, and she's got, like I would be curious it, about it the forty nine replies under that. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away! Stay away from children. <laughs> yeah, using your channel to watch people is a real awesome Brain, thing. Right, right. Yeah, so. He got paid by his handlers to do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and so yeah. the comments in this video show you where people's heads are at on this topic, which is evidence, I believe, that we are winning the narrative here, even with the young people. However, like you said, speaker, these people have a huge audience. That guy has four Eight million, I think. Sub, yeah. Subs. I, I just want to be careful how much I go on his channel because I don't want to get uh, any strikes or copy bans or anything like that. Oh right. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so but the fact that they're even having to resort to doing these kinds of YouTube collabs shows you that they're worried. They're oh, worried absolutely. Yeah. And like, like I said, there's there's a lot of kids that watch that, and this is and this is how the propaganda works on the young people maybe they might not comment you know they might be 13 14 but they listen to these people and they believe these people and they hold them up um and i'll I'll get into a case like that with john cena later because there's a lot of people supporting him over this and it's like how can you support him over the things that he said or did um i mean i guess we can segue into that yeah go for it while while i'm already here uh so uh, John Cena is bringing out a new movie, uh, which is Fast and Furious, the other day. Um, and in one of his comments, he called Taiwan a country. Taiwan is a country. All right? This is not, uh, is not factually wrong on this. But where the, the pushback came is John Cena apologized to China on a YouTube video speaking fluent Chinese, um, apologizing to the Chinese people. Uh, for his disrespect against the Chinese by saying Taiwan is a country. Uh, This is absolutely pathetic. This is groveling. And this Mm -hmm. should show you uh, the moral fiber of these people. I mean, it's, he he is doing this simply because he's worried about his wallet and he's worried about how this movie is going to do. It's the same thing. We've seen the same thing from LeBron James. Uh, We've, we've seen a, a plethora of these people bowing to China, taking knees for, to China because of their bank and because of their paycheck. Now, China, and as, as the Communist Party that they are, they deplore weakness. They, they love seeing this shit because it shows them weakness. Um, and they've bought this weakness through their money and we've seen it from disney a million times now if you go back to back into john cena's past he's done some really nice things for kids in hospitals and stuff he's done a lot of that 
but then you've got to look at something like this and you've got to kind of be like, yeah, but what about all the Uyghur children that are being held in concentration camps? What happens to all the Taiwanese children? What's going to happen to them when China comes in and starts bombing the place? And the way we're going as the West and the more weakness we show, the more backbone it gives China to make that push. They're just looking for the right time. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it, it's absolutely because of its contractual agreements and how much money uh, the Chinese market brings in, mainland China uh, brings in. I mean, I think this movie uh, grows to like 170 something million um, just in the first weekend. And so it is just about the dollar. But I mean, it just shows you. It's, this is a perfect example of, uh, and we've seen this over and over again, how Hollywood, how the elites and people in entertainment and in sports, how they are completely bought by the CCP. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and some of the people that are, you know, like, oh, you know, why is it that all the Republicans are afraid to apologize? Apologize for what? This is not a bad apology. Right, this is the same thing happened when people said free Hong Kong, right? right. It's and, but mm-hmm. some people are breaking through, and it's really funny when you see far left people like Keith Oberman, who is right? a psychopath in his own right, uh, one of the biggest shills you ever get, um, tweeting this. So this is yeah, that was a kind of shocking, but <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, you even had Steve Colbert call at John Cena on the late night shows who oh. we are extremely bored off as well. So it, it things like this are really hard uh, to come back on because le- at the moment, these, these superstars, you know, LeBron James, John Cena, they're not thinking about long-term repercussions of this supporting of the CCP. Uh, they're thinking about just their wallet and the moment. And, you know, a lot oh yeah, time. I'll get blackballed from Hollywood if I don't go uh, with the flow. If right. I don't and a lot of the line, a lot of the comments underneath were like, "Oh, it's okay. People will forget about this in a couple of weeks, and maybe they will." Until China bombs Taiwan, right? Till China invades Taiwan, and innocent people are losing their lives, and China's taking control, and no one in the West is doing anything about it. People are going to be going, "You, you were the ones that were supporting." this you were the ones that took a knee to this and it is going to come back and hit them and you know it's good good it right. Mm-hmm. right right it really did should you, did you see that uh that tweet that meme that rick grinnell retweeted <laughs> oh this is uh-huh. hysterical there's been some good memes going around <laughs> <That was> fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> no. i did see that <laughs> yeah it's crazy uh go to that that twitter um tab it's like four over speaker oh this that, is that one might be it speaking james <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah here here it is rick grinnell retweeted this click on that one the john gina john? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh yeah he's gonna have a tough time living this one down I mean, uh, it's sold out so hard. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. At least we're going to have a little laugh about it, even though, yeah. So. Well, you know, at, at least we can a little bit, but 
the way these things are going. <laughs> the way the way these things are going. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, oh. You can see China already making moves. I mean, they really are just waiting to see the point where the we the the West is at its weakest. And as long as you got a government that you have and the West is as weak as they are, they will keep trying to push the envelope, push the envelope until they do this. They want they want Taiwan. They'll they'll you know make every play to get it. So, of course. Yeah. 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 Um, All right. Good I, stuff. Yeah. Oh, do we need to talk about, um, yeah, what's going we on can, with you? We can roll into Victoria a little bit uh, because there's a few little things which are sussing me out here. So we're in our fourth lockdown now because of 10 cases that happened the other day. I think those cases have gone up to 25 now. And the whole state's on lockdown again. Uh, this happened so quickly uh, within a couple of days. And... Uh, the restrictions they've put on us now is once again absolutely ridiculous. There's only really five reasons you can leave your house. Now that's to go to work, uh, to go shopping, so like groceries. That's it. Uh, only five to a household. All this typical bullshit again. All big businesses have closed down once again. Uh, restaurants Ooh, and all that, which are all just wow. take out, right? So it, we have to readjust once again. Uh, which is just getting absolutely crazy now. It's just, and people really are sick of it. Now, here's the thing, which is sus. No one in Victoria were get, was getting the jab. The numbers mm -hmm. were way down. There was heaps of um, AstraZeneca that was getting either thrown out, and they just they didn't know what to do with it. And they tried to push these huge campaigns for people to get vaccines. Now, I've, I, I said this in a couple of podcasts ago, though. My mom, very left, you know, we really don't agree on a lot of things uh, not just politically but in life um, but she even said you know I'm not going to get this at least for a couple of years until at least I can see some sort of effects right, right. which is a, you know a, a smart play especially for someone on that side of the fence uh, so I think a lot of people were thinking the same you know we're not going to rush to get this let's just see how it plays out um, right. I mentioned my dad got it only because he was pretty much tricked by his doctor to get it Right. Uh, which was, you know, taking advantage of a you know, 70, 70 year old man and giving him the jab when there was no one else around him to, you know, tell him anything. Right. So that, that that's how they were trying to get these jabs across, right? Now there was no push on these vaccines, absolutely no one was getting the jab, and there was no cases. Nothing was happening. It was fine and beautiful. And now all of a sudden ten cases absolutely come out of nowhere. Right? right, and then it's fifteen, then it's twenty-five, and now huge pushes by all politicians and everything else again, saying, "See, this is what happens when you don't get the vaccine." <laughs> right, right. So right. It, it's really, it's just really sus. It's straight away where my mind goes to, and we had emergency lockdowns uh, in the state of Victoria, and they put uh, it, it. It was like ex extended emergency lockdown procedures, which they extended for like six months or something. And that was also ending on the 4th of June. So in five days. Mm. Sorry. Wow. So now the emergency lockdown procedures are going to get extended. Right. More vaccines are going to be taken. All because of these cases just decided to pop up right on time. 
Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Funny how that works. Uh Meanwhile, the end of April, CDC reporting shows that over 10,000 people who have been vaccinated here have gotten COVID. So, you know, that's how well those work. Hmm. Yeah. That's us. And, uh, (laughs) and, yeah, we, we did a quick video on the Silicon Valley thing, too that we didn't mention above. Sorry, we haven't done any long ones. Um, like I said, because of our computer issues, it's been a little bit hard to juggle, uh, but we haven't really done any in-depth ones that we only post on BitChute now. Hopefully we can get back to them next week. If I can find a way to break into a computer store, steal some hardware, <laughs> prior to me Avoid getting the cops from by the Victorian police because I can't leave my house. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're going to try to work that out. We'll work it out. We'll work it out. Just wear an extra long mask when you break in. Yeah, just just uh, (laughs) just please bear with us on that on this front. We do appreciate you all, and uh, we do, we do, we love you all. Thank you so much for all of our supporters and uh, for understanding our our current situation, our technical issues. But we'll work it out. We'll work it out. So we're getting there. We're getting there. Great dig, Corey. Interested to hear more on that and some other things that you've cut coming down the pipe. So I know you got, you're working on a lot of stuff. So uh, definitely yeah. stay tuned guys. And thanks for joining us today here on dig it with Corey from Corey's digs, the speaker and myself, the sharp edge, please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Hill.net, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. And also, Odyssey. I just and haven't Odyssey. seen yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we'll see you next time. What was that, speaker? Oh, you could have finished. That's okay. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go finish. Please, <laughs> okay. read that. We'll see you read next that. time on Dig It, guys. And thank you to all our Patreon and all our PayPal's. And Sandra, we absolutely love you. Thank you so much for that. Love you. We do appreciate love you. you guys. You guys keep us running. So. Peace. Thanks, heaps. See ya.